every time I slander something, I just throw it out from the beginning. I'm like, well, here we go. He says, this is going to work. This is going to backfire. And I watched <laughs> you it. You are I was committed like, to whatever you stick to. Man. You there just got to no ride it out. out. You're committed to it. <laughs> and that motherfucker <laughs> threw those two interceptions. I said, this sorry bitch. <laughs> you know, I, I love Casey, so obviously I'm not trying to slander him at all. I thought he was uh, a pretty good quarterback, and I thought he got hurt and last year for Texas, and that kind of really drove the narrative of the season, but man, he went full Casey. Like, that was the full Casey But that wasn't Casey's right fault. But that's not his, no, like, it, I mean... You, obviously, it wasn't like, all his fault, but, like, still, like, that, this was the full Casey experience. The first pick was his fault. The yo, second one was his fourth attempt, but, like, this sure was the full, full Casey experience. Yeah, for sure the full Casey experience, but, like, I mean, if nobody else, if you're expecting a guy like Casey Thompson to be the reason that you win a game, maybe that's the problem right there. Yeah, you got, was, you got a million other sure. issues. You got a million other issues that like you got to mm. fight against, and he's not that guy. He's not going to be the one to like dig you out of a hole. But he's, I, I, I mean, know, man, that first drive, I was, I was a believer. I was converted. So y'all want to know how reckless I am? I wasn't even watching the fucking game. Teach and you were like, <laughs> Casey Thompson is going off. And I was like, fuck it, let me send out this tweet. I'm going to see the game. That was the football gods getting you packed up for a reason. You should have never done well, that. You should have been watching the well, game. Well, speaking of the football gods, I feel like them losing that game is, is what the football gods demanded after that weak-ass onside kick. I know we're going to get into it. That was awful. So we, can, we can definitely go there now. We need to go in there right awful. now. Like, that's I not mean, even it, one of those. It, he's like, like 10. Thing. Yeah. 11. And here's the thing. Like, like, in that situation, like, I mean, I feel like one of the one of the privileges of being a head of coach is throw the fucking kicker under the bus. Be like, you know what? The kicker had the, the kicker had the opportunity. He definitely So based on alignment, you know, again, we trust our players to do the right Straight. thing. You turn it into a recruiting oh, yeah. pitch. You're like, we're here to empower leaders, and that person, you know, we'll have a good conversation about how it went Road the wrong way. But Scott Frost is so broke. Like, no, I just, made, I just made a bad call. Well, I just made a bad call. You got that Urban Myers book, bro. I know where you got that from. It's on his desk. That's where you got that. It's on the shelf. It's on the shelf. Throw the kid under the bus. No, y'all are totally right. If, if, I'm, if I'm Scott Frost and I call that and they fuck it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna chew my kicker out at midfield when it happens, and then I'm gonna slide him like two hundred dollars after the game and be like, "Look, man, you understand." Sorry, it's a yes, sorry look how yes, cheap it is. The poor kid on the bus. He said two hundred dollars. He can't even afford like. Do they have an IL deals in Nebraska? They, they, they have the hey, They do. They got Otis has an AC. Mathis. That's right, um, Mathis, who did. But I feel like game. I feel like whenever better. whenever coaches do like 50-50 calls like that, like sometimes I kind of get frustrated because it's like they get shit on, and it's like, look, man, it's 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 the heat of the game. You do what you got to do. But that's one of those decisions. Like even if it works and they don't lose, people are gonna be like, well, they, they're fucking lucky they got that onside kick, or this shit would have yeah, gone yeah. south. No, you I know? feel like just, fans, just, it would be either way. Somebody would be like, oh, he's a genius or some shit like that. I don't I know. That's like, just big. That's just big brain shit. Like, why do you do it? Why? What yeah. is the what is Everything the what is the has positive? To be so complex for no reason. That's going to be you know, a theme it, on this podcast this year. Big brain shit. When you see coaches that are just so in their head. Yeah. You just have a new segment. Big brain shit. Big well, brain shit. I mean, like, like, I think there's something there, though, because can you like, can you imagine like when the uh, when the Saints beat the Colts in the Super Bowl, they kicked an onside to start the second half. Like if if they don't recover that and Manning drops 50 on their head, like Sean Payton might never coach again. 
or when Saban did it against Clemson in that absolutely yes. worked. Saban did yes. it against Texas in the national championship. Like, like or Saban did a fake punt. He did a fake punt that went extremely punt, wrong. Yeah. Like in the like after the first drive. Like, I, I just if you're at the point where you have to do onside kicks in the middle of a game with the lead against Northwestern, you are in a bad place and you have no faith but, in your actual. Actual football, like there's no way. But what quarter? So kids. what quarter was that? Was it the third quarter? It's six minutes. It's six minutes into the third quarter. So we're yeah. like at this weird point in the game. You were down 17-14. You're now up twenty-eight seventeen. So things are going your well, way. All you gotta do is just work the plan. It, it, it yep. literally makes. Yes. And this is my thing. I feel like it. It has no rhyme or reason. Most of the time when they do that, it's a you're down by a lot and you need to jumpstart mm-hmm. something at halftime. Yeah. Or it's a one-score game. The end of the right. clock, you had to do you're it. You're trying Otherwise, to steal a possession. That's what you're trying to yeah. do. You're trying to exactly. steal a possession. Momentum right? is there. The game is at the 17. end almost. Well, and yeah, like, Blah, I know you didn't watch the game, but like Northwestern was Oh, I did was watch. Hell. I just didn't watch the very beginning where teams missed. Northwestern was an absolute correct. hell. Like Northwestern yeah. was in hell up until that kickoff. If that till the kickoff. Well, I watched like, that part, and they were destroying them. And then this other sick thing is Nebraska made zero adjustments. Northwestern yeah. pounded the ball down their fucking oh, throat, and they did, did you, nothing. You, you saw what Scott Frost said, though. You, Scott Frost said something yes. about how his offense just needs to be better or something like that. No, he, he said, said he needs to be more creative. More creative. He said he needs to be more creative. He was the offensive coordinator at Oregon. Like, dude, like, like But also, no, doing, you don't. And against Northwestern? <laughs> but, like, against Northwestern, you shouldn't have to. Where did the creative shit get you with the onside kick? It's it's yeah, also nastier. Nasty. It's also nastier because the the way this worked out, this was the first game for his new offensive coordinator because he was calling. If y'all remember, he was calling the plays. And yeah. you know when a coach is doing bad, they start to take things away from the coach slowly and slowly. So now he gave up the offensive play calling. Okay, cool. So the first game goes bad, and you do some scatterbrain, harebrained shit yourself. You didn't coach a perfect game by any means. And you throw your offensive guy under the bus. This is your first game together in this <laughs> whole relationship. We got to last all season. And you're already throwing this I out. Mean, it's crazy. Like, it, what, what's crazy to me, though, like, if you think back on, like, Nebraska, like, back in the day, like, you, you know, back in the day, running people the hell over, like, and I'm not even talking about 90s Nebraska. We can even talk about, like, early 2000s mm-hmm. and stuff. They gave up 214 rushing yards to Northwestern, and they That's only disgusting. rushed for 110. Nasty. Like, they got doubled up by Northwestern. Northwestern. Like, you got to think, like – that, Doubled them up on rushing yards, two two fourteen to one ten basically. Like Trev Alberts, Trev Alberts, their, their their athletic director. Like he's one of the original like black shirt dudes and whatnot. Like all those all those Nebraska guys got if they're hopefully they're not dead, but they, they got to be rolling over in their grave right now, man. They give up five hundred yards to the Northwestern, and That's then they disgusting. rush for half as many as Northwestern runs rushes for. Northwestern ended the game with I think nineteen straight runs. You want to talk about creativity on offense? Why do you have to be creative? No question said, "Oh, you're not going to stop this." They just ran the ball yeah. in the fourth quarter. Keep doing it. Running the ball. Keep doing it. They, they didn't. Mm. They said, "Fuck throwing." And the, and the thing is, the quarterback was actually playing well at least in the first half. But it's like they just said, "Oh, we found what works, and we'll just do it." And if you're in Nebraska, keep it going. Yeah. The program. If you're going to let Northwestern run it down your throat like an SEC powerhouse for 19 straight times to to ice out a game, that's disgusting, bro. Stop yeah. crossing. Yeah. Let's get out of there. So the one thing I would say, and just thinking about that game, and I hate that Scott Frost stopped calling plays because one of the best things I think a lot of coaches tend to do when they get these big jobs, they delegate what they're elite at. Like sure. one mm-hmm. of the things when Sark came here, I was like, Sark better call the fucking plays. Like this is why we got you. Like you need to call plays. 
you see it all the time where they give that up. And with Scott Frost, it's like you have been, like you said, you've been an offensive coordinator for almost a decade. Yeah. So, and that's well, not the issue. Your defense is the damn issue. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, like, like the, this is like Scott Frost. I, I have this theory, and I think I mentioned it on Twitter, but like, I don't know if it's a real theory or if I'm just finding shit that's that you know, so solidifies my point. That way, I'm stuck in my own little stuck in my own little box. But like. The guys who bring up teams from 0 and 12, 1 and 11, whatever the case may be, they get way too much credit. They, they get way too much damn credit for that because yep. I want to say UCF I'll was like 20, 25 and 12 or some <laughs> shit like that before Scott Fry. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, that's fair. It was, they, UCF was a good program and then they just hit the shits and then Scott yeah. Frost came in and they were like 1 and 12 or something like that. And here's the thing, like it takes intentional negative effort to go 1 and 12. If you just yeah. get rid of that intentional negative effort, you're going to go at least four and eight, five and seven, six and six, yeah. something like that. You know, Chad Morris is the same thing. Like Chad Morris did the same. He got all that credit for like turning around SMU and stuff like that. But SMU was decent under June Jones before Chad got there. They just mm -hmm. like June Jones just one day just gave up on coaching altogether. He's like, fuck this, I'm out. And then Chad Morris came in and he went like two and seven, two and ten, five and seven. So nothing great. His best season was like seven and five. But everybody looked like, oh, man, you took a one and ten team to seven. No, what were they doing the few years before that? You know, like if they were crap, if they were pretty decent before that, you didn't do much. And I think that's where Scott Frost came in. Everybody got too, you know, too excited about that. And man, like Nebraska took him, but I know Florida was looking at it too back when they hired him. Um, so it's a, uh, yeah, yeah, Scott Frost, he's just in over his head. So and let me went, ask y'all two questions. All right. First question is how long do you see Scott Frost coaching at Nebraska? Call your shot. Take, more weeks. I'll take this one because I was, I didn't want to interrupt because you guys were getting in your bag, but I would like to, I would like for, um, I would like for slander university to be the first to report that Scott Frost has been fired on Sunday morning. I think they're going to lose to Oklahoma by about 42. And I think he's going to be fired Sunday morning. <laughs> well, they, they have two weeks for that, right? Oh, it's two weeks away. I was getting all lathered up for it and everything. Okay. Let's go ahead and put that on the September the 11th. Never yes. forget. We should, we should make a tweet draft and, and have it scheduled to send. Yes, and then we scheduled. should tweet, and then we should tweet a screenshot of that. Like I love we this. got it ready to go. I love this. I, Reported I first by Slander You. I have I have one change to the Evan story, but the same story. They beat Oklahoma in the last second and they fire Scott Frost. You know sometimes you have that thing oh, where you, you know a coach is going to get fired. You still win the game, but it doesn't game. save your job. Yes, so we do with Fran. We're going to fire <laughs> Scott Frost after he beats Oklahoma at the last second. He gets a smiling moment. He gets to finally have his, you know, oh, he, this is this was great. I, I take everybody in Nebraska. They fire him. Everybody leaves amicably. But Slander you breaks the news first before anyone because we tweet that shit yeah. Monday, Sunday morning. You, I mean, you, you must yeah, credit Slander you. Yeah, it's Fran beat UT and then got fired the next day. So but yep. that didn't happen. They're not beating OU. That's not gonna happen. Yes, that team is broken. I need it. I need it. Call it. Broken. So I'm like, calling my shot on Halloween. He loses to like, Illinois and they say fuck it. Enough is enough. I can, see that. Go. I can see that. He's not lasting the whole season. That much I'm sure. Oh no, there's see, no chance. Like, no, no way. No way. No way. The thing that would kid me about like whether they fire him early in the season or late in the season is whether they got somebody who's there to take over, who can actually like keep the yeah. team together and stuff, like somebody That's who's at least thing. a solid enough coach. Their defensive coordinator, it seems like a young dude. Um, their offensive coordinator, the brand new guy from from I think he came from Whipple. Pittsburgh. Like I could, you know, Whipple yeah, maybe he takes yeah. over it. You know, he he could use that as a tryout job and you know turn that team around, maybe even get that job. Because I think the next question is who the hell does Nebraska hire now? Who's Tom Nebraska's Berman. AD? Who who like, wants that have, job? It's Trev Albert. It's Trev. 
no tra- tra- Tom Herman, Trev Alberts is their AD. And so they mm. won inside the family. They got to go outside the family now. Can I ask you a I question? Feel like... Yes. Go ahead. What, do you want to go, Evan? Well, question. I, I think yours, yours will be more interesting. You go first. All right. I, without looking at this, and if you know the answer, don't say it. But if you want to guess, uh, how many games – what's uh, Bo Pelini's record at Nebraska as of now? Do you know? Bo Pelini, he was like, like – he was like – Oh, sorry. Not, not, like I meant – I mean, I've, I flipped it, but we'll do that. So, yes, Bo Pelini was 67 and 27 when he got fired. Something like that, yeah. You guys, you guys care to guess Scott Frost's record right now? Um, I don't know if I'm going to guess. I think it's like 21 and 40. 15 or something. Go ahead, Blah. What'd you say? 13 or something. He is 15 and 30 as of the loss. <laughs> <end>. <laughs> This That's man is nasty. this. They fired both. I am no bold Pelini apologist, by the way. But a dude went out there and was winning, you know, seventy percent of his games, seventy-five percent of his games, and now we got Scott Frost. The guy hasn't even come. I mean, they haven't had anything even remotely looking like success in Nebraska. Period. Since he's been there, it's not like, like they had laugh. that one yeah. season of eight or nine wins. They they they, they, they I think they won two games in the Big Ten last year. Like. We it, laugh at like Texas fans. Like, I always think about, like, damn, we shouldn't have fired Matt Brown. But, like, we still had moments where it was like, okay, we're decent. Okay, we've mm-hmm. actually won something. They have not did shit since they yeah. left. Even Tom Herman like, yeah. run the Sugar Bowl. Tom Herman will walk in there and be the biggest dick on campus when he walks in the door. <laughs> but, like, the, but the, the, the crazy thing is, Nebraska, like, so I, I tweeted that out there, like, how, how the hell do you fire Bo Pelini after he did this? And then I had a bunch of Nebraska fans in my mention saying that Bo Pelini was fired for off the field stuff because the dude was crazy. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, whatever. That's fine. Wait, what's the but story the there? I don't time, know that story. It was a lot. It's not one thing. He, it was he a was lot, just, man. He was running around like he popped, bro. He was running around like he his brother was on the field. I remember AM beat him at Kyle Field one time in like a nine to six game or something like that. And Carl Polini got into a fight with a dude from Texas on the field and stuff. It was crazy. But uh, but here's the thing, like here's the thing. That's not the first time that they fired somebody who was successful. Like they did yep. that shit to Frank uh, to Frank Solich too. And yep. Frank Solich, they fired him specifically because he wasn't winning enough. When he had like one seven and four season, and then he went not he won nine games, and they fired him after like a nine win season because they were like, "Well, you're just not winning enough," you know, because they were so used to Tom Osborne and all that other shit. Like, y- you fired him to hire Bill Callahan. Wasn't Bill Callahan I'm so like surprised, an offensive line coach for like the Raiders or something like that at that point. Yeah, I'm Frost so surprised that this has went on this long with Scott Frost. I am completely yeah. honest. I didn't, I didn't think it. This is awful. They lost a lead. They they blew double digit leads in both halves of the game. They were losing. So at did halftime. you see the stat that came mm-hmm. up where he's losing at halftime? He's like three and twenty or some shit like that. Yes, that is nasty. <laughs> uh, what other evidence so, do you need? You got to feel so eight, bad for five Scott and Frost. Seven, three and five, three and nine, zero oh and one. Good God. Like, he he could have lived such a lavish life at UCF for about thirty five yeah. years if he wanted. Yep. He could live on the beach, but he's about to get fired from his alma mater. He could live on the beach. That's like that's that's nasty. Going back to your alma mater isn't always a good thing. I don't know why people tend to think that's a good thing. And maybe you're never going to turn it down. Though. Though. No, you, yeah. when your alma well, mater you, is you a place like Nebraska, you all you remember is like what you helped build and what they used to like be. I'm, and I've you told can't people. imagine it being bad. Dabo going to Alabama would be the worst thing ever. I yeah. mean, he, I don't think no, he would win that. No, I don't think it would work at all. It's completely screwed. Like, completely screwed. Yeah, one way or the other. But, like, yeah. I mean, but I think the they time, bring in Jimbo back, when he you, leaves. You go back to – I think you go get Tom Herman. 
Tom As, Herman. But, Tom Herman. Let me say this, and I'm not apologizing. No, seriously, ne, to, Tom Herman is a good coach. Tom Herman. He would Tom, be. A good, he would be good at Nebraska. Tom Herman's issues were still some of the same Texas I couldn't agree bullshit. More, blah. I could not agree more. I hate Tom Herman is a fraud, brother. That Ron guy Herman's, is fabulous. He's like one of seven coaches to ever take Texas to nine wins. And I okay. think we should talk about that more. No, no, no. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no. Honestly, so Tom here, Herman. So here, he, here's the reason that Tom Herman will be good there. He sucks as a favorite. He shit as a favorite. Yeah. You get him with that oh, underdog mentality. He, like, he has to walk yeah. in the room and be yeah, like, right. we're going to get our ass kicked today. I, mm-hmm. We need to do something about it. He's going to win every damn game. That's all Nebraska is right now. But like, Of course they're the going to get their ass kicked every damn game. Tom Herman will like, you just turn Nebraska into Oregon State. Nebraska is Oregon State now. Just just underdog mentality. Go in there and and get a big upset every year, and that's a fun. That's a I mean, Oregon State's better, so I don't really think I don't want to put down Oregon State fans. Listen, if they listen to yeah, Oregon Nebraska State, you're not Nebraska. Oregon State's coach, and then turn out worse than Oregon State. <laughs> but seriously, I think Tom Herman is a great fit. The issues at Texas are beyond coaches at this point. I kind of feel like um, there you're not you're in the Big Ten, so like outside of Ohio State. Yeah, you're gonna have some recruiting issues, but you recruit better than most of the schools. So, I, so what is a comparable school to Nebraska? Like, what would be like in in situation wise? What is what is a benchmark school for Nebraska? Because that's there isn't one. like, who do you recruit? Like, you you can't like State? Nebraska guy, maybe, but they're like, I mean, yeah, Iowa we can let better. you. Know, so probably we let Evan talk about Iowa, Iowa State, State all day. They stink. Like maybe I, like. <laughs> Who do you recruit, man? Like, who do you what, – what players do you get? Like, they had that walk-on program back in the day in the partial qualifiers when, you know, when Tom Osborne was kicking ass over there. But that shit's gone. Like, Texas made sure of that. But, but what do you – like, who do you recruit? But they try to be – they still try to recruit based off name and off the, you know, past status of them. But what like, else they got? They don't, but they don't try to go get these homebred MAGA guys that they need. I mean, look, you got to go – They're all going to Wisconsin. Listen, you gotta go get these Midwest corn fed guys that are on these lines. And because listen, that line was god awful. That defensive line, I know we wanted the kid from TCU really bad, but God, he looked awful that game. Their defensive line got bullied by, and uh, and Northwestern does have like a first round draft pick on their on their offensive line. But seeing a Northwestern team literally bully a Nebraska team up front was just—it's just insane to see. But also, and I do that. But I do feel like this was missed. Northwestern has been a really decent program. Like everybody's laughing. Yeah, they have. Like, that's true. Yeah, yeah, no, Northwestern is just his name the coach? old that Northwestern. New coach. They've been better than Nebraska over the last five years for sure, and they've had they're two seasons in there where they they won like two games. But in the other two seasons, they won the they won their division. So like they they've been up and down, but Nebraska's just been down. Yeah. So they've been better. And it sucks because now we have Darren Rovell being happy, and I, that's the person I want to be most miserable on at, this planet. At what so. cost is Northwestern good? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, string kind of led into the second question, though, that I was thinking of. Is Nebraska the the absolute worst historic program right now? Like it's, a wonder older, yeah. more, it's a wonder this doesn't happen more often because that, what nobody ever talks about is the fact that, like, the demographics of the United States are just very different than the, what they were when Nebraska was up and coming. P- the the talented what? kids, they, they live in inner cities. Yeah. And so to go, when you are recruiting kids who live in the inner city, you're saying, come live in Nebraska. Like, that is a hard <laughs> sell. And, and even if you go get the people in the trenches who live, okay, you say that there are these MAGA guys in the trenches who live in the Midwest, ain't no skill guys out there. And, I, and I, of course, we're speaking very generally, but, like, 
no skill guys. You're gonna have to go find guys from Florida and go convince dudes from Florida who grew up in nice weather their entire life to live in Nebraska. Like that's not gonna be easy to do. I think this brings me to what might be the best take I've ever had. I think, and it might sound like I'm joking, but I'm not. The invention of the internet is what caused the downfall of Nebraska. People started realizing there were places that weren't Nebraska they could go. <laughs> they had you more know, access to information. Ever explored that. And that is a really good I think point. the like, invention. At what point did you realize, like, oh shit, there's nothing there? Uh-huh. The internet yeah. in Nebraska? Damn. The internet has the Nebraska. Internet Nebraska. That's the name of this pod. This episode. <laughs> the internet killed Nebraska. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I, I think that like, <laughs> you know, what, what what killed Nebraska, I think you're right. Like their apps, like that's my issue with Nebraska. I don't know who you hired. Even when we're talking about like blue bloods that are down right now. At least they're in like geographically advantageous areas. Yep. You know, yep. like if you are Texas, you're in Texas. If you're USC, you're in California. If you're Penn State, you got that entire area over there. Like all these blue bloods have a regional basis. Nebraska, like same thing, Nebraska got fat based on partial qualifiers. That mm. you know, they used to take players that couldn't go anywhere else. Mm, and eventually you get so good that that makes you that you get so good at that that eventually you just get all a lot of other good players yeah. that could go somewhere else but like you got to have that basis for it then on top of that too they used to have that walk-on program back in the day that used to have like hundreds of kids in it that basically they used to build all these players up regardless of the numbers of walk-ons and that you know they got they had they had built some structural advantages to become the program that they were, but then the partial qualifiers went away and that man, that neutered the shit out of them. Like that takes away a huge recruiting base. And yeah. you made, you combine that with poor choices and coaching and, you know, basically you anger the football guys and you're fucked. Mm-hmm. So do you yeah. think that's, so you think Nebraska is going to come out of this at any time in the next, let's say 10 years, 20 they're years. In the mud. They're in the mud. I don't think they're yeah. going to remain winning so, three games a year, but I don't, I think they're going to be a, a, a team that we, our kids will think about Nebraska the way we think about like, like who? Washington. <laughs> right? Don't say that. You walked right into that one, <laughs> Gloss on my eyes light up when we figured out I where you was going. I saw too. you and his strings set for it. I was like, teach. I tried to weak at you. I was like, Danny, back in. Um, no, I, I, mean, I think that's an interesting point, though, because I do think like when we look back on college football, I think. You know, we talk about like regionalism kind of being killed by these super conferences. I feel like Nebraska becoming mid as fuck was like the first, the first instance of that because at least you know all their rivalries. I'm I'm imagining those being Big Twelve teams or at least historic Big Twelve teams. Yep. No one in the Midwest gives gives a shit about Nebraska. I'm assuming. So does Nebraska have to move to the Big Twelve to kind of get some help? That's there? the only. I think that's the only option we have. Bring Tom Herman back in the Big Twelve. Back. I'm just. Being, I don't see it happening at all. <laughs> I think they could be good. I think, but they got to find another one of those like systemic strategic advantages. I don't know how, I mean, like you got to find somebody who runs a weird as fuck offense. Maybe you hired the dude from coastal Carolina or something mm-hmm. like that to bring something weird that gives you a competitive advantage right off the bat, a schematic advantage, not some Charlie Wise stuff, but like a legit, like I remember back whenever, um, when, 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 what's his name? When Bob Stoops got hired at OU he hired Mike Leach's offensive coordinator. That dude whipped everybody's ass for the first mm-hmm. for the first couple of years. He mm-hmm. had, he brought in the spread, and that sped everything up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like same thing. Matt Brown came in, and what did he do? He started recruiting juniors and high, juniors in high school. He, you got to find that. What is that strategic advantage? Yeah, you know, thing, yeah. corn is one of the most profitable exports <laughs> that the United States has ever had. If if Texas A&M could 
use the oil money to get their program back up and go buy the shit out of all the kids on the market, which I'm not hating on them for. That's what they should do. Why can't Nebraska right. find a way to tap into all that corn money? Corn is making a shitload of money. That shit's not going out of style. They mm-hmm. put that shit in everything. I, I don't, I don't that's know. That's right. I mean, I guess you got. Well, and like, I can relate to like oil boosters. I can't really relate to corn boosters. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like (laughs) Like, corn boosters. Like, like we got, you got all these guys being like, oh, they're just head bunch, bro. I gotta look for corn futures, man. Dylan Rayola is a five star quarterback. We gotta go grab. Um, What's the price of corn doing right now? Let's, let's get this corn NFT. Let's 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 make this work, guys. How can we profit off of this corn here? They're NIL. No, so I could be corn. No, we are a straight cream division. We're not a corn on the cob group. You need to get it right. We are a principled organization. I, I know we want to uh, jump into our week one stuff. Does anybody have any other week zero stuff that they saw? Uh, okay, that get I really want to. Do, I want to give an absolute. Yeah. I want to slander the shit out of Mac Brown. Me too. Because fam, you first off. I know this is a slander podcast, but I'm gonna give props. Fam, you yeah, played that ass off, and those yeah, they receivers, did. Like 20, 24 points, something like those that. Those wide receivers had you in seat in absolute hell. And shout out to Willie Simmons. I told y'all I know him. We've met a few times. He's the coolest person ever. But he is the head coach, and like all the shit they faced this week and leading up to this game. For them to go out there and play down 25 players, mm-hmm. and granted, those 25 players may not be studs or anything, but that's an absolute amazing way to show up in the jerseys are absolute fire. So kudos to FAMU. Those 25 players ended up mattering because in the first half, they were in that game. But then, you know, you get into depth issues. And once you got more guys running more plays, and they don't necessarily have backups out there. So the guys who are playing are playing even more. And you, you saw that offense start to, to deteriorate because they were yeah. running such a fast-paced tempo. Yeah. That they were cooked by the time the second mm-hmm. half started. I assume that y'all yeah, saw the uh, y'all saw the letter the um the letter that the players came out with and stuff like that. Good for them, man. Good for them for calling that shit out. Cause like that sucks. You can't have one dude doing the one person doing like all like doing their 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 credentialing as well as their compliance yeah. stuff. Like you can't you can't do that. Is you that can't possible? do that and run a program like it's impossible. Those and, list of complaints, is that a thing that happens? Like is like do some programs like have like aid delayed at some point? So, so like, shit like that. Thing. Oh yeah. And I, sure. I don't want to get on a long rant about it, but like the whole HBCU thing, especially as it relates to sports, there's always the talk around Twitter of like, you know, black players should stay here. Black players should do that. And like, I absolutely get it. And I was recruited by HBCU at one point and thought about going, but it was like, they are such at a disadvantage from facilities, everything mm-hmm. standpoint, did this hard because you're choo- you're you're asking a child. Well, I'm gonna say a child. You're choosing a kid. You're asking a kid to choose between, you know, culture and his things like that, or his potential to be a stud and grow and change his whole family's finances and situation based on them going to the league. So, like, even when I would go on recruitment visits and stuff for like HBCUs, my high school gym was better. <laughs> like yeah. my weight room was better. Like the stadium was better. So it's just kind of yeah. like and. Those schools have such a historic, you know, again, they've been disciplined in college and, football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm, but it's just hard. Yeah. Also, those those so paying facilities have had scandals and many money has been mismanaged. And it's just a hard yeah. dynamic. And that, 
and that's not that's not specific to to HBCU athletics. That that's HBCUs in general. Yeah. Like they're yeah, they're, that's they're, what I'm about they're, to say. they're they're suffering all across the board. Management. You've got a couple of really really good ones, but then you know you've got a lot of them that are just man. They're they're just they're just they're struggling right now. And like you said, they have a place in in the landscape of college athletics and the landscape of colleges and universities in general. Um, yeah, it just sucks. When I applied to law school, I applied to, you know, you apply to like a range of schools. You apply to some schools that are really highly ranked. You apply to some schools that are kind of in the middle. I, I always wanted to have an HBCU experience because I went to Texas, obviously. And so when I applied to law school, I applied to a couple of HBCUs. And one of the HBCUs, which I will not name, they literally lost <laughs> my application. So, like, I got into I got into a, like a, a pretty good law school. I got to a couple of pretty good law schools. And so, you know, what you do is you take those offers and you leverage them for scholarships against certain, certain universities. Well, I heard back from everybody except for this one HBCU. <laughs> and I was like, Yo, what the fuck is going on? So I called them and they literally <laughs> lost my application. I, I sent them like a screenshot. I, I forwarded them, you know, you get like a, when you send your application, you get an email. Your application has been received. I forwarded them the email. I said, this email says that you received my application. And the woman was like, we just don't have it. It's gone. And we can't consider it by the time you get in. We've already filled it. I was like, I can't. I literally can't even be considered. She was like, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't you know? believe it. And my, my dad my dad was like, my, my parents work in education. My dad worked, my, both my mom and my dad work in HBCU right now. So they were just like, this happens at HBCUs like often. Like this is not a thing that's, I, I just thought it was the weirdest thing because and it's not nothing that I did wrong, and she was just like, "No, we don't have your application, bro. Sorry." Oh well. And you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to age you, but this is one you actually put in a paper-based application. It wasn't no, wasn't an online application. Yes. And, and this was like right when they started making online applications. So this like, is an I, online application. This, this wasn't. I had an email that had a timestamp that said we received your application. How do you this lose time. an online application? And, and do you know how hard lost, it is to permanently like. How do you like the. I don't know what the fuck happened, but I was like, ma'am, I didn't send it in via mail. I sent it in, in like, through the little Like, check website. your spam folder. <laughs> yeah, like, what's going on? But you know how hard it is to permanently lose a file? I could not believe it. I could not believe it. <laughs> I thought I was being trolled. But it, 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 is, it is literally such a hard dynamic, and I, I feel yeah. for kids, and you want to do the right thing and want to try to, you know, help your hometown and help your culture and stuff but i mean at the end of the day i don't fault any of those kids for making the decisions they make like i remember literally i went to one hbcu visit and we were asking about the meal plans and we were talking about it for like a football standpoint because you know most even like small programs had a meal plan and you had your own schedule and you know training nutrition and they were kind of like yeah you just get your general student meal plan i was like so protein (laughs) you know extra stuff they're like yeah, you can get it on your own. I was like, all right. So, <laughs> so basically, they said you're your own nutritionist, brother. That's what they, said, um, they said you go get it out the mud before that was the saying. <laughs> Teej, I want to go back on something you said because it. I I'm not familiar with this. You said you'd never had an HBCU experience. You said you went to Texas. Is that right? Aren't they historically back? <laughs> <laughs> That was really that's, good. That was really good. Evans, I can't even hate on it. That's that's fucking incredible. I, I didn't know. I I didn't know if if that felt racially charged. So I've been praying on it. I haven't heard a thing y'all have said for like three minutes. That's so like, you know Baylor. What, man? Of you, you like, just you know what, man? Like, oh. Evans got a notepad off to the side trying to figure out how we could pray. That is incredible. That is got, like, incredible multiple drafts. Evan, you got two more weeks to get your fucking Texas jokes off, and it's over. I just want you to know oh. that, brother. I right. pretty good. Oh, incredible. 
Thanks, guys. Right. So, I'm out. That's all I got. All right. So, so on the HP- go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was go ahead on the one more thing on the HBCU thing, like what, like what y'all think about then? Then the work that Dion's doing is he gonna use it as a stepping stone to get to a bigger job, or you really think he's committed to? He the- has to because, like, again, it's great that you got the number one player, but like, even when he plays, not sustainable. Real, when he plays the other HBCUs, I don't know if people realize that he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> like, there's some HBCUs that are really good. So when he plays these other programs that have been good for years, have the players, they're really good. Jacksonville State is trying to get there, but and I don't know. Dion may stay, but knowing Dion, knowing his personality, he's going to want to stay in the headlines and stay in. And I, mm-hmm. I still think if Florida State is smart at all, they give him that job. Uh, if yeah. Norvell struggles, you at, but just because of the injection from recruiting, the, mm-hmm. I think people overthink college football. At the end of the day, it is about the talent and the recruits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they have that blue you chip know, ratio for a reason. And like, yeah, there's so, uh, schools who struggle like Texas or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you recruit enough studs, it will pan out. Yeah. I'm reading, uh, um, I'm reading, I couldn't bring myself to, to read any one of these shitty autobiographies just yet. I'm going to read them eventually, but I, you know, there's, there's a book on, there's a book on saving leadership lessons. And one of the things that they talked about was that about recruiting and how much he cares about recruiting. And so basically I think there was some vignette in there that said like, you know, if you don't like, which one do you like least, which one do you like less recruiting or playing with shitty players, pick one of the two. And that's the direction that you got to go with. If you don't like playing with shitty players, you better learn to love recruiting. That's fundamentally what the, what the game comes down to, you know? And we laugh about Florida state, but Florida state is still like, the prime place the kids from Florida really want to go to. I mean, like, if you have one of these inside subscriptions that are f- mostly full of shit, I just won't say that for, you know. <laughs> but, like, when they're interviewing those kids, those kids talk about how much they love Florida State and how much it's the place they want to go. But then they're like, damn, yeah. Florida State's ass. So I just, it's not like <laughs> they are yeah. literally being forced not to go to FSU. Well, and <laughs> I feel like, shit. you know, a, a moment of sincerity here. I feel like that's why a lot of people feel like it is so fun right now to like shit on teams like Florida state and Texas is because we all have this sort of like inherent knowledge that like definitely won't be like this forever. Because if it, if it was going to be like this forever, we probably would have stopped talking like this, you know, five years ago. So I feel like Florida state and Texas are kind of in a similar spot where they really are one higher away from like, it literally act, takes from, one from being able to cook. Schools. Yeah. That's yeah. What I don't know, man. Like, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like in some sense, I don't feel like Nebraska is in that. Like every, in that. I feel like every program is one higher away. Like Baylor was mm. one higher. Like Baylor was historically shit, and then they hired Art Riles, and all of a sudden it's a complete. I mean, it's a completely different thing on a lot of levels. Mm. But like, you know, the, I, think I feel what like you're every program is, so, is one higher away. You know, I think you're talking about more so towards the dominant side of being like an absolute mm. powerhouse. Like I feel like these big schools are literally one big moment away from just being like all shit avalanche is over mm-hmm. more so than just the one-off wins and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, look what well, happened I, at Georgia. Not that Georgia was bad, but they, I mean, you make one higher and all of a sudden now look what Georgia is. And, and yeah. Georgia's about to damn be a problem for a while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I feel lightly. like the, the only difference between these schools you're talking about in Baylor is like, there are people alive who remember when those schools were like, at the actual top of the mountain, right? Yeah, Baylor's yeah, yeah, just yeah. been like, yeah. we, we have sniffed that a few times and like, not even really sniffed it, you know? And even if you're a little kid, like, you still can get brainwashed by random bullshit that your parents tell you. Like, I always yeah. used to think, like, my parents would always tell me, like, oh, you know, the Boston and Lakers are really good. And I remember, like, during that time, they were really ass. So I was just like, no, they're not. Like, why would you want to go be a Laker right now? Like, it's awful. But, you know, there's some kid right now showing his kid, like, 
Colt McCoy highlights and Ben Jones highlights. He's going to be brainwashed. And I'm sorry for you, child. I wish the best for you. Please go find another program. But Oh, I mean, no, no, 100%. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I, I know I love my children too much to make to let them be football fans. Like, I, I love them too much <laughs> to do that to them, man. Like, it's not like there's there's – Again, like we talked about, there there is no such thing as joy. There is only relief or disappointment. That there's all those are the only two feelings when it comes to being a football fan is relief. Well, yeah. well String, I have some great news for you on episode nine of the Slender You podcast. <laughs> misery is here. It is week one, brother. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. The misery my is body here. is not. My body is not ready. So I, we, as we segue in the kind of week one here. I thought we should do something, and I sent out the tweet of like some of the big games for week one. So I want kind of y'all's misery index. We could do it on the scale of, you know, I love it. zero to 10, but 10 being like ultimate misery and zero being a possible way. I'm going to ask y'all some games. First game is Utah and Florida. So 17. where would you put? <laughs> which team are you putting in the misery index category? Florida. This game is. It's got to be Florida. Is, this game is at Florida. This is Napier's first game. And it doesn't matter how good or bad Napier is going to be. You're not going to be able to tell a lot about where Florida is or where they're going because that Utah team is really good, but it's not like a historically really good team. So most people watching will just see the number next to their name like, Utah, what is that? And then they're going to beat Florida by 28 at home, and Florida fans are going to be in hell. That's a 17. It's still Kyle Whittingham, man. It's, it's perfect. Kyle Whittingham can coach. That dude can coach. You, you brought up the perfect point of what I was thinking is like, did your casual fan, we talk about this all the time and on MMA and stuff, like your casual fans don't know anything. They're all a historical perspective. They think, mm-hmm. you know, Conor McGregor is still the greatest thing ever because he was at one point. People are going to say like, Utah and Florida? And they're like, you know, Tim Tebow would never lose to Utah. I think they actually did lose to Utah one time, but they're going to they're gonna say Utah's ass despite us knowing Utah is good as hell. <laughs> it's, <basically laughs> good to the playoffs. it's like yeah. Texas is going to – Bama is coming into Texas and they're going to dirt nap us and it's not going to be fun. But people – when you're going to get slept by Utah, it, it's like it's like getting beat <laughs> up by, by – like it's not the same. They're going to be like, oh, yeah. my God, like you didn't you didn't get stomped like that by Georgia. You got stomped like you, Utah beat you up by 35. And Utah's number seven. Way, but they don't – but like, yeah, like you said – you know, and that's that's the crazy thing. Like, if y'all have been following the offseason, like what the general like narrative about um, about what's in Napier in Florida, it's been it's been hot and cold. Yep. Like, it, they, they, they've been pretty mad about like recruiting stuff, Those and I think recruiting starting to pick up a little bit. But like, man, he like it's he been hot, hot and cold. Like, when I thought he was like, like a no brainer hit, sort of a hire. But I, man, I don't know that he has quite endeared himself to that fan base yet. And a loss mm-hmm. to Utah opening week. It's been tepid. The reasonable fan will say it doesn't matter that he lost his first game in week one. That Utah team is really good. But one, Florida fans are reasonable. And neither are most college football fans, but especially not Florida fans. They're gonna Those message boards are going to be an absolute mess. So misery index has to be high as shit because it's the perfect recipe for misery for Florida fans. And so I myself have- love it. This is going to be the last UFC reference I'm going to have. But, you know, we always, like, watch these videos. And me and Tish talk about, like, with MMA, you got to be careful now because, like, random people know random MMA shit. Like, back mm-hmm. in the day, you could fight people. And it was just yeah. like, oh, you're bigger than him. You're going to beat his ass. But now, like, a little 5'8 guy can, like, put you in an absolute awful chokehold. And now you're in the piss of the bathroom like the Oklahoma <laughs> football players wear that time. So you got to be careful. And that's literally what's happening. People are going to yep. be like, Utah, well, some 5'8 random scrawny kid. 
And it doesn't get easier for Florida. I don't. I know we haven't done a Florida episode yet, but like they have Utah and then Kentucky, and then they have South Florida. And South Florida is not like a bad football team. Not a bad program. They got a Big Twelve champion leading the leading the hunt. So then they got Tennessee. They have Georgia and Texas back to back a few weeks that's later. Gonna be, I that's gonna be. A I nasty, think this is gonna nasty. be hell. We need to do a Florida episode <laughs> like a- this week. <laughs> That's that's yeah, that's a rough season. Yeah. All right. The second game I kind of want to put on your radar is Purdue and Penn State. I have a sneaky feeling about this game. I don't know why. Seven. Somebody can talk me off a ledge. Seven misery. Because for Penn, for, for Penn State, Purdue's playing with house money. They and they're gonna win the game. So where's the game at? <laughs> this game is at Penn State. It's Purdue. It's at Purdue. Penn State's absolutely losing this game. <laughs> Yeah, What's the line? I, mean, I gotta I, check the line. I, that will inform yeah, my misery. I, I know nothing about Purdue other than the fact that they beat Ohio State a couple years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I know nothing about Purdue. But yeah, I know that, that they, they got a, they got a, no, no, they're, they're not bad. They got a, they're not good. They got a five star, uh, five star quarterback no. who's their backup this year, like who's second string. So if that they've first string goes really down. Well. And, and James Franklin, yeah, okay. they, they well. I just saw they were unranked, so I was like, "What's the deal here?" But okay, I'm with you. String, I just I thought about this. Has anybody ever told you like James Franklin kind of? So uh, no, no, <laughs> nobody told me I look like. No, nobody's told me I look like James Franklin. Who they tell me I look like is the guy from Key and Peel. Um, the the one who oh, does who does yeah. James like and so in that like so my buddy Matt like was the first person to tell me that. And I'm like, whatever, I don't believe it. And I look at pictures, I'm like, shit, this is terrifying. <laughs> and like, you know, like I, I mentioned a while ago, I have a beat up eye because I got shingles a few years ago and he's got a wonky eye too. And I look, there's one picture of him that I look and I'm like showing my wife. She's like, yeah, you, yeah, you look like that dude. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, at least he's funny. So we'll go with it. Yeah, and, it could uh, be much worse. So it I could have, be worse. Could I have be two worse. games on the misery index. The line of that game, by the way, is. Uh, three. So I thought it would be higher. Three. And, yeah, and I've been three. doing my betting research. I got a notebook mm-hmm. behind me where I make notes every day. I guess and that really I'll... means six because the games at Purdue. But like, does anybody have the national six. gambling hotline that we can kind of segue through here? But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blog got his gambling <laughs> notebook, and, and Evans got his like notebook of trying to make Texas back jokes without being racially insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the ones I've crossed out, year, man. It's so. nasty. <laughs> oh, <God>. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Evan, you ever run for office? That shit's coming out, man. <laughs> so the second game, and I'm going to flip these because there's one that is high on my misery index. But this one is the Ohio State Notre Dame, which I feel like is on the misery index for Ohio State. That line yeah. is nasty. I don't know why 17.5, but I'm 17.5. Yes. Yeah, Isn't I think Notre, Notre Dame's in a good spot here. They're the They're number, number five, five team in the country. <laughs> I, I feel like and a half. Yeah, I you feel know, like Notre Dame's in a place where they can lose by ten and people don't leave with like a terrible taste in their mouth. Like I, I think the misery index from Notre Dame is pretty low. So I agree with here's that. my concern. I, I really, really want Marcus Freeman to be successful. Like Same. he is the first likable head coach that Notre Dame has had in a generation. <laughs> And I really, really want him to be successful. But guys, man, that that Oklahoma State game last year, that yeah, bowl game where they were up by like what two touchdowns, three touchdowns, some shit like that, and then like come back on them. Letting Spencer know, Sanders man. do like, that Marcus to you is Freeman, unforgivable. Marcus Freeman can recruit. He he can recruit his ass off. He's been cooking. I, I, I man, I don't know. I, I don't. 
I don't know, man. String, are you implying that Brian Kelly is not likable? I'm you damn right. I'm <laughs> Brian Kelly. Like, I'm sure the guy can coach, but my God, like my family, like no, no, dude, no. All right, His so perfect segue. Like him. And I yeah, feel let's like talk about we're gonna the, the number one game on our slender you slender oh, watch this. misery index I love is this. Florida State LSU yeah. because Hell that yes. is going to be a shit show no matter the outcome. I'm just waiting. I love it. I I'm mm. eating that shit up like like pig. Like I cannot. But, everything every outcome of that game is glorious for not only this podcast but me personally. I, that's the game I'm circled that the, the with the bright red marker because there's guaranteed slander opportunities in this game. No matter if it's a big and a it's Sunday, or a close it's game, Sunday, right? And it's Sunday yeah, by itself. It's Sunday. Everyone will be watching the <laughs> Oh, bro! It's going to be a dirt fest. They're both going to look bad at times. They're both going to have highlight plays. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be peak and college did, football. And then Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly came out and said he wasn't going to announce who the starting quarterback was. Didn't he? Yeah. I feel like I yeah. remember him. He said he's yeah. like he's like yeah, no galaxy brand advantage advantage or something like that. He's not um, going. Oh, it's in the Super Bowl, and like it's going to be so fun. I'm I'm still trying to get better about like watching football teams that I don't like emotionally care about a ton. So I'm I'm excited to talk shit about these teams with all of you after that game's over. I can't say I'm particularly eager to watch those two teams like stumble around for three. Want and a half me to hours. tell you how to enjoy it more? You log into the Slender You account and you literally just talk <laughs> shit. <laughs> Got it. All right, that's what That's I'll do. what I'm also bet on the I'm game. live tweet it. But live no, bet, no. because the game's going to be up and down like this. Just keep live betting. <laughs> Listen, bet. Is it, it, it going to be up and down? Like, is, is Florida State got any sort of a pulse this year? Like, Florida State, I watched the game. They actually got a They beat Duquesne, and I did pick Duquesne to win. That's, that's and, right. Uh, Rhode Island's I'm best sad, institution of higher education. <laughs> <laughs> the mighty Duquesne Islanders. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> So I know we've picked it on random, you know, episodes, but most of the time we were picking it just to piss off the fan that was on the show. So what is your honest prediction for this game? I'm going LSU. Yeah, Yeah. I got to go. I mean, I like I said, I mean, I I, I meant this with all sincerity when we said it to Huey. Like, if you show me the LSU roster, I probably know a few players. Show me that Florida State roster. I don't know that I know anybody on there, Mm -hmm. you know, and. You know, LSU's just been recruiting so well. Like, I, I don't. They got that running back transfer from yeah. Oregon. Uh, Florida State's got that. Their starting running back is that that kid from Oregon. He looked really great. Well, really you know him. You're calling him that kid from Oregon. It could be Benny. Yeah, out there. I forgot Oregon. his name. It could be just well, Benny. Out there. Well, and like, it pains me to say this, but like, Brian Kelly can coach football pretty well. He's he's proven True. that he knows how to yeah. coach the, the, the sport. Got, yeah. He, I don't know if I can say that about whoever. You can't. Uh, Absolutely, Norvell. No. What's their name? Norvell. Norvell. Yeah. You can't yeah. Norvell. You, you can't. I'm not I'm not walking up to strangers and talking about Norvell's pedigree. I could probably talk some shit about Brian Kelly. <laughs> he, he was a good coach before Florida State. I mean, he everybody's good a good Memphis. coach before they get a big job, though. I mean, nobody's a good job for being if, shit. But if we are he ranking took over things, one of those kingmaker programs, like Memphis is one of those programs where yeah. it's easy to be successful at because like you got the Houston. recruiting base. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like Houston. Like Houston too, you know, like it it, it definitely so uh yeah, I don't I don't I mean that dude's not long for that job. We know that for a fact. But uh, if, yeah, I don't know, man. If we are ranking uh, these games based on misery, we should also be, be rank them based on their potential comedic outcome. And the best outcome here is for Novell to beat LSU and save his job, yeah. and to continue to drag the program into the dirt. And Bre- and Brian Kelly gets mad, and the handshake is weird, and 
they don't do the real handshake because Brian Kelly's hey, upset. That's that's what we need. I mean, it's it's not quite Utah. It's not quite Utah, Florida, but like LSU losing is gonna. It, it's gonna, gonna especially coming off of like you know after firing Orgeron, who had his love had a pretty high level of success, but he yep. was fired because of his lack of coaching ability or whatever. Like LSU and he was losing horny. would be a that would send a ripple for sure. And he was horny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so. Uh, take a gander at the uh, three teams represented on this podcast. Anybody scared of any week one? I just want to have the audio out there that everybody will shrink saying, I'm not scared. And then text no, it. You, you, you think I'm going to sit here and say I'm not scared? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I'm literally scared of the damn offseason. Like, like there, is, there, there is no like there is no level of comfort whatsoever when it comes to Aggie football. Evan about to talk his shit. He's not scared. Go ahead. Not, Who do y'all play? I'm, well, so, you know, we're playing, play? Al- we're playing Albany. I don't know what oh, you want to say. ESPN yeah. came out with their projections today on exact scores, and we're projecting <laughs> to beat 60 them. 60 to 1 or something like 60, that? 60. It was like 47 to 1 is what they think the score is going to be. <laughs> you can't even score one point. What the fuck is the computer talking I think, about? I think if you it's block a field plus, goal, so it's an extra point. Stuff. So I'll run through some more quick games that I would just kind of watch us. Texas, I think everybody has to watch that because Quinn is I'm going to be there. I'm also super nervous. That Quinn is going to absolutely game. shit the bed week one. But – um. Uh, y'all, that's a, that's I might game. get dumped Saturday night if y'all lose that game. <laughs> Man, Look, Boise, Boise, Oregon State is a really cool game, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, we also game. have Arkansas-Cincinnati is a really great guy. That's, that's a really good one. one. That's an interesting BYU one. and USF is really cool, in my opinion. Um, um, we you have are... Houston and UTSA. Something that's fun about That's going to be interesting. BYU – BYU this year opens up against a former Baylor quarterback in Gary Bohannon. They play Baylor, and then week three they play Liberty. And they got Charlie Brewer, so they're getting a whole heap of Baylor to start the year off. I forgot that uh, Holgo's at Houston. Yeah, that's an interesting game right that is there. Very interesting game. That is, yeah, that's an, they put I mean, them on the misery index. But honestly, like, like if if Sark doesn't work out or whatever, you know they're going to go straight down to UTSA and go hire that dude if he's having success. I like him. I like him. They're them. dummies for not doing that already. Is this Holgo's first year or second year? You said no, he's third, third year. Third year. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Then of course we have Oregon and Georgia, which is a really big game. Oh, but I feel, like nobody, I feel like nobody's hype about it because it's like his. I mean, done. nobody's happy like about it because you're one for Oregon. Like they're going to get. I mean. I don't know. I, I saw the SP like SP plus uh, prediction. I think he said it was going to be like 36, 17. And I'm yeah, struggling to see I like, see that. I'm struggling to see a Bonix offense put up 17 points against Georgia. Like I, I struggle to see yeah. that. Um, I, wonder well, I think, I think there's something to be said about Georgia losing what, like 37 starters. Like if I, you like, didn't know about their recruiting. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, I mean, I feel like, to some extent, you know, freshmen are freshmen. Like, but I've seen some of these kids. These kids are just, <laughs> <They're> different. <laughs> They're so different, man. They're so it is, different. It is Alabama all over. All right, Benny, you heard me. I tried, Benny. So y'all don't think that uh, Chris Ball is going to be able to? You know, he he was he was just uh, that man is about to be an absolute hell on him. Oh, not Chris Ball. Sorry. Uh, who just who, who's their new coach? Lanning. Dan Lanning. Lanning. Lanning obviously came from Georgia, so you know. So he knows, he knows what the, he's about he to go through. He's seen these kids. He's seen these kids. He's back in their rooms. And now they're going to be even better. Like, then last time you saw them, they're going to be even better. If that game was next year, be a different story. But year one, I don't know, mm-hmm. man. The, the defending champions in the Georgia Dome? <laughs> nah, bro. That's yeah. nasty. That's um, a very nasty yeah. the way the schedule worked out for Oregon. That's 
<laughs> the game. Another um, cool game that I think kind of should be on everybody's radar is Clemson Georgia Tech. It's weird. That's a Monday mm-hmm. game, I think. Do what? we know who Clemson's starting a quarterback? Is Clemson no. still good? It's, it's, no, it's, it's DJ again. DJ. It's yeah, Clemson's uh, number four. But it, okay, but DJ's going to have a very short lease. Nobody in Clemson yeah, likes that. Because Kate Kubin's going to be behind him. Yeah, yeah that's wild so. too. DJ was DJ was DJ was in whenever he came out of high school. That was a five star player. Yeah. I think he, I think he took a lot of the blame for that offense just being absolute shit last year, and he obviously wasn't but like, good. But if you watched him, he took all the I blame. Get it. But you also but followed that, up Trevor Lawrence, who yeah, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. And that, but that that's the wild thing. Like that's the thing about like Clemson, like their offense was shit. We're all talking down about Clemson. They had a ten win season last yeah. year. They were ten yeah. and two. Yeah, I feel like around town, like you would have thought they was Texas. The whole town was just like depressed. Like the world was. I feel like them having that nasty game with Georgia to start the year off kind of like screwed yeah. the perception of Clemson though, it because did, I don't yeah. think because no it one did. knew that Georgia was going to be as good as Georgia was that game because yep. like that was that was kind of Georgia's coming out party. So I feel like had that game been any game besides the first of the season, like they won forty nine three the next week. They you but know they other issue is they play in the ACC and nobody's going to respect what you're doing. Yeah, there. no one's yeah exactly. really people are only watching them to actually have a chance to lose a game maybe once or twice yeah. a year. So. And then once, uh, once or twice a year that we watched you, we saw Georgia stomp you onto the earth's crust. I think so Clemson, Clemson played two ranked games last year. One was Georgia, and I think – no, Iowa State wasn't ranked. They played one ranked game last year, and it was Damn. against Georgia. All right, all right, there's the 10-2. Yeah. So yeah, the only reason wonder... anybody's going to pay attention to the ACC right now is to see when they're going to fold and everybody – like mm-hmm. Big Ten and SEC yep. take over the teams. Yep. So two um, more quick games. A lot I said one more game. Um, TCU Colorado may be kind of fun. I think TCU will lose that one. And the big I game TCU I want to bring stuff. to your attention is Kansas plays a TNTC. I didn't click on their name to see who that actually was. But T-N-T-C? Brothers, watch Kansas. It's yes. Tennessee State, right? No, that, that would be a TS ever. Um, uh, what what is what is TNTC? <laughs> is it like Tennessee it Chattanooga or something like that? Evan, go to go Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech. I was so Tennessee Tech is a growing program. Um, playing another growing program. So I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody, just in case. <laughs> Programs you know, on the rise. Well, Kansas yeah. drop 98, 98 points, and then we're gonna have to revisit where everybody's yeah. exactly. Y'all gonna see the Kansas is him. Um, oh. no one cheat. What do you think the line is for that game? Wait, there's not a line. Kansas is favored ninety seven percent to two percent. Yeah, you can't bet on that type of but game. Hey, hey I'm telling people. you that that. That, I mean, y'all know better than me, but a coach can coach. He, um, coach. He before we get, coach. Before we get too far away from that Georgia game, uh, someone I just saw someone named KD that we all know post a stat that I want to I want to ask you about if you know it. When was the last year that you think Georgia had a one thousand yard receiver? And I'm just trusting that KD was telling me the truth. Yard receiver. I didn't do. I didn't do no, any research on they've this. They've had guys before that. I say. 2010, 2012, that range. He said 2002. I didn't fact check him, but I believe. I don't him. think that's right. I'm about to look it up. Well, who, who you yeah, think that's say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, get on go figure that stuff out. The damn sure wasn't nobody last year with the quarterback they had. They, they just ran the ball and out there. Oh, no, it's okay, true. Down. It's true. Terrence Edwards. I don't even know who that is. Huh? That's wow. I mean, but look at their running back history. Do you need to throw the damn ball? Yes, yeah, good point. I mean, they they got, they yeah, got a, lot bother. Of, a lot of dogs <laughs> yeah, that run back. No pun intended. They had, yeah, in 2003, yeah. he had <laughs> 1,004 <laughs> yards, and they've only had one other since. 
Well, let me That's go to some recruits' I mean, mentions and tell them don't go there. <laughs> I mean, they won what they won the national championship last year with a walk on at quarterback. Like, who the hell cares? Yeah. Like, well, also tell people, I'm sure, everybody, then. I'm sure they spend that in recruiting. Like, we're not going to put a ton of wear and tear on your body. Come here, get a few yards, go to the league. Yeah. How sure. did they get and George get drafted there? I mean, yeah, I guess that's a good pitch now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, like Pickens. You know, yeah, he got hurt several gonna, times, but just still fine. You're going to be on the stage. You're going to be on the stage, catch the ball. You know, you're going to be fine. I saw – I got to be on the field for the Sugar Bowl a few years ago through a weird family connection, and I saw freshman George Pickens put put his meat on the table against Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. He had us in hell by his damn self that whole game. That kid is special. He was faster and stronger than everyone else. He's massive. In you know, that, He's that not that a speaks, small you know, That speaks to what Blah was talking about. Is like these players are just so different. And that's like, the there's lab. always been a, like a there's always been like a different group of players. I mentioned this on Twitter, but like I remember 2004, something like 2004, 2005, A&M played in the Cotton Bowl against Tennessee. And Tennessee was pretty damn good back at this point. You know, they were a good program. Um, and I remember we came out of the locker room. We're like, oh, we're going to feel good. This is going to be a good game. We see the Tennessee dudes come out. We're like, oh, my God. They're like like two of every one of us. That was a that That's the was worst a feeling. You guys remember when you were growing up playing sports when you knew you were going to lose by 50 before it started? That's the worst yeah. feeling in the goddamn world. Yeah. Right, I always told y'all. That, I, that wasn't, I didn't experience that much in high school, but in college, it was kind of like, oh, God. Like I told y'all, I told y'all, I think it was part of like one of the cow stories. And I feel like I told it yeah. all under hoods before, but there's two parts of the cow story. So, again, little small FCS school with playing cow. I remember before that, they had like this Samoan kid that was on the Army All-American game. And this is when still the, the All-American game was like the big, big deal. Adidas one. It was, it was the only one. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's where all so the recruiting, like, the commitments happened. Yeah. yeah. So they had, I, I tried to pull up the kid's name, but it was some like, I remember seeing he was a three technique. He was like Samoan kid. And they were like, he's really good. And I was like, I'm about to play against this guy. But I'm like, I'm a senior. Who gives a shit? Like, I'm sure he's good. So like through that game, we're getting our ass kicked, right? So they're starting to bring in kids, you know, the young kids. And like, he mm-hmm. comes in true freshman. So I go off. I think I have a zone block. I step because I have the main part of the zone. Somebody's going to rub off with me. He just, like, grabs me. And I'm like, God damn, this bitch strong as hell to be a freshman. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and like, that was moment, like, 55 of that game where I was like, bro, please get me into the career field. I'm ready to go to work. Like, this shit ain't it. I'm ready to go professional in something other than sports. Yeah. And it's like, these kids are so good now. Like, when I go back home and see some of our kids just get recruited, I'm like, where the fuck did you come from? Like, it's just legal. Like I told somebody, I remember going home one time and watching DeAndre Hopkins play us in high school, my high school team. Mm. No lie. We kicked out the ball. He grabbed the football, fake dribbled it between his legs like it was a basketball and ran the kick back. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, these kids these days, when they are legit, uh, it is insane. Yeah. We also got uh, West Virginia and Pitt this weekend, which I'm very excited about. I'm pretty excited about that one. I, I, I like it. I like Neil Brown as a coach at West Virginia. I think I like him personally, but West Virginia is so ass, so They're consistently. Ass. I think Pitt might put fifty on him. I don't even know who's playing Pitt quarterback. Be good, though? Pitt's they ranked. Got the they, they got a quarterback, but they all rank. Yeah, they, they got that quarterback from, quarterback, uh, from the USC. Best receiver, the best receiver. The wait, which quarterback from USC went there? They got they whatever uh, um, Caden Slovis is that who it is? Oh, Caden Slovis. Got, got, got. But uh, yeah, is Caden it West Slovis. Virginia starting? 
that oh, was he They're at Georgia? They're starting the kid from Georgia. Yeah, the, the kid, kid from Georgia. Yeah. USC and then to Georgia and then to West Virginia. So uh, maybe I do want to watch this. What was game. his name? <laughs> JT Daniels. JT, JT Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Daniel yeah. Daniel Daniels. Yep. Yeah. So, All right. so before we wrap this up, can I bring one more program that I really want to slander? And I want to say this, and I hope everybody's listening because it's really starting to piss me off. I hope oh, UTEP beats Oklahoma because I'm so tired of Brett Venables. Oh, I'm so tired of these war stories, and it's like the stuff your parents told you. Like, oh, we went yep. we went to school in the snow. We walked 15 miles. Like, do we I give a shit that Brett Venables is hey. running stairs? Do I care? But you just have no respect for the new the new energy in the locker room, man. Workouts are harder than they've ever and been. It, String, I'm glad you bring it up because me and you laugh and joke about this every all season of these random bullshit stories <laughs> that play no meaning on the season. But maybe because Oklahoma hasn't had a coach in so long, but it's like, oh, he's running stadium stairs. I'm like, who gives this shit? And it's like, y'all are going to realize how much these little stories actually piss you off when you start struggling and losing. Like mm-hmm. when Charlie Strong started losing, I was like, you know, this motherfucker was playing ping pong. <laughs> like, like he is having ping pong games and we are getting our ass kicked. This shit isn't mm-hmm. cute anymore. Like I remember when we first time and they were like, he's coaching the games. He was coaching the practice sleeveless. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Well, and so, like I don't UTEP, know, man. Please. UTEP lost to UNT last weekend. Well, I'm, I'm praying, so, Evan. If you pray I'm over you. some of your jokes, please pray over UTEP. <laughs> I'll pray on that one too. Thank yeah. you. So before I, we wrap yeah. up, y'all have any other week zero, week one thoughts? I uh, I made the dumb decision to bet on Hawaii after they went up 7-0. <laughs> oh, and, oh, no. But then, right went, before, then they went by like 15. <laughs> in a moment of desperation, right before I went to bed, I bet all of my winnings <laughs> on the third quarter to be the highest scoring quarter of that game. And I woke up even. I was on even money. I was good. Wow. I don't, so, man, I don't. I don't I don't know how like how you guys have the emotional like stability to be able to bet on football like how you have like to care more about stuff. I've only bet like I the only time I've ever really bet on football. Like, I used to go to Vegas occasionally and watch like an AM game or something like that. I will tell you the last time I bet on a football game was I bet on AM to cover against UCLA in See, 2017. We covered the spread. But mm-hmm. we also lost in horrible, horrible, yeah. tragic fashion. You can't so ever bet on your own team. That's like the let one me, rule. Let me give you my unsolicited betting advice because I've been dark in the hole, brothers. Listen, first <laughs> off, do, do not bet on your old program. No, Absolutely. Don't, do that. don't touch it. That's, that's rule number one. Mm-hmm. Rule two, have some units, Evan. Like, say your unit is 20 bucks. All right, you count mm-hmm. it in units. Like, I put these amount of units. I'm up this okay. amount of units. So you just kind of know. Okay. Evan, the the thing I need you to listen to with every follower humanly possible, please don't chase random prop bets during the game. It's the absolute uh, worst. One time I put $200 on an interception to be the first play of the game because I just randomly saw it. And then they ran don't the do it. Why would you do that? That's nasty. The first play was an interception to be the and first play? That. <laughs> That's what you should bet on. an interception? No. It was yeah, just like, damn, like I saw the odds. And I... of all things, like who? So yeah, when you see the it? odds and you put in the amount, you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to flip this quick. Don't do it. Yeah. This, you know why they give you the good odds, right? Because it's not going to happen. No, it's literally not going to happen. <laughs> the last thing money. I would tell you, avoid parlays. Do not do it. I know you're going to see stuff double and triple. You're going to be so pissed when you hit all legs, but Hawaii losing by like 15 and <laughs> you have them at 14. <laughs> 
So, so that's actually, that's a, that's a, if you don't mind me sharing a story about that, cause I, I'm still kind of in my gambling infancy. Like I know I talk about it a lot, but as far as like placing bets, you I'm, are I'm baby. fairly we here. We hear mistakes. Um, I, I had a relationship in college and a little bit after college that ends the way all college relationships do. You know, you, you, you meet real people in the real world for the first time, hey, I'm but where is this story? But, <laughs> hey, no, well, I'm, go, I'm going somewhere. Here? I'm going like, somewhere. The and I'm happy for y'all and I'm happy for you. I, I am the so last, lost right now. When we when we eventually did love break stories up, with him. she was living in in New York and I was visiting the way a boyfriend does and I had like a nine game parlay. It was the last day I ever saw her. I had like a nine game parlay and uh, the last leg of it was Kansas State money line over Texas. And I was up until 2 a.m. screaming at my phone and Texas won an overtime. So we I lost all that money I've been talking about all day. I, I watched 13 hours of football in New York City and I knew I was going to break up with her like three days later. It was the worst. It was the worst. Guys, so, uh, do not gamble. <laughs> Delete the Bovada app. Yeah, just, just don't do it. Don't do it. Take that money and go spend it on something nice for yourself. Let me tell you. Treat yourself. I should. I'm going to share my worst betting experience. And it wasn't even anything good. One time my wife was in Target and I was bored. So I went and faked like I was going to use the bathroom. I literally lost $3,000 on blackjack on the toilet in <laughs> while she was in Target. So let me tell you, brothers, don't, don't do it. How uh, much money you betting, man, to be able to lose? Well, you know that he is that, a wealthy man, so that was just a drop no, in the bucket. No, there was a shame, I had like there was a promotion. Years, there was three years where I was absolutely winning this shit out of every bet. Like, had science broke it down. The only year that I've had like a really bad year was COVID. COVID betting was football during COVID was god awful. You <laughs> never knew what was happening. I, I, I don't know how. I don't see. I, I don't know how you like. How you can say that you had three like a year a span of time where everything went well when you just told me a few minutes ago that you bet for the first play of a fucking game to be an interception. That was a long time wow. ago. That's like, when I was wow. just getting started. Once I got to down to science, I That's left Texas nasty. alone. I looked at like the overs and unders. I really got in my bag because like at the beginning of the year, slammed it over. The motherfuckers don't know no defense. They out there just yeah. doing shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> huh. So, oh, I just put a tweet in the chat box there about we're talking about high school players being built different. That's uh, if you click on that tweet, that's Miles Garrett in high school. That's Bane. Like he looks like a he looks and literally that, like a super. Look at this. Look that's, at these random kids that have geometry that's later. Arlington, <laughs> that's Arlington Martin, man. That's Arlington Martin. That's a five A school. That's a pretty decent school right there. And that's that's, uh, that's Miles crazy. Garrett in high school compared to all those other dudes. I right, think so I mentioned. Look, no, you last got, you got. little NFL story I want to tell because one of my good friends, you know, I talked to him every once in a while. I think some of y'all played with him before. Video games, Justin Bethel. First time meeting Justin, right? So Justin went to the same small school, but he actually made it to the NFL. But, like, I never forget one of my first times meeting him. All of us are going to Sonic, right? And my friend has, like, this this um Ram truck. And, like, we're all getting ready to get in the back. He just, like, off two feet just hops into the back of the tailgate. And we kind of look like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so if you look at, if you go back and, and look at like his, um, if you look back at his draft and the thing when he's doing the combine, they have like a box jump of him jumping like an insane vertical because he is like an elite athlete. And we were always like, how did you get here? Like, what happened? Like, why did they not see you? Because like, even when we played Kyle and played clubs from other schools, he was the only person on the field that like they belong. 
Mm-hmm. Like it was literally like just him. 39.5 inch vertical jump. That's insane. That's crazy. That's crazy. And then, and then, like, yo, and then, like, I know we got, but this is one of the weird things. Like, me as a completely unathletic dude, I'm looking at that 40 yard dash time. I'm like, ah, 4.5 inches. That was, I'm like, <laughs> ah, <laughs> that was real. But, like 15 yards into a 40 yard dash, I'm gonna need a break. I'm gonna need to stretch. I'm gonna need some water and stuff like that. Here I am, shit talking a 4.58. Somebody runs a 4.6. They're like, oh, he must be a possession receiver. And it's like, like man, exactly. he, must, he must be a struggles to create separation. <laughs> like, literally, multiple Pro Bowls, NFL athlete, etc. That's like funny when we were laughing the other day. I sent him the text about, like, can a regular person compete with you? And, like, in our group chat, know. everybody was like, yeah, I would catch a ball on him. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would no. not. Um, before no. we go, something I want to do on weeks that we all have a, a game is I want to get an exact score, um, you know, prediction from each of you. I'll go first. I think Baylor's going to win 63-17. Mm. I'll let Teach go first. Uh, <laughs> I'm going Texas 55 ULM. 10. Let me write these down. Hold up. Texas. I need a stress free five American 55, points. 10. 55 American points. 55 10. I need so a Texas at minus 45. Yes. Okay. Got it. Now, I would never bet on Texas, by the way. Please don't ever <laughs> don't bet, bet on, on Texas. Team, that line is nasty anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 42 14. Okay. 42. Um, I'll just be tired at halftime. I'm gonna be mad as fuck. It's tired at halftime, I swear to God. So I, I don't at I minus don't. 28. He thinks they're almost 20 points better than that. It seems like you guys have a very different outlook on the on the team right now. Because Quinn is him. I, I, I don't I don't I don't want to guess because if you guess, then you have expectations, and all expectations lead you to is heartbreak. Who do y'all play? Loss and pain. Pretty same, same Houston, Houston State. State. Oh. But same Houston State, they're a decent. I mean, if we, hey, if, if, if we don't win, then I am absolutely 100% just giving up football altogether and I'm going to find God or something like we'll that. Have I to, find, we'll find another podcast host. I, I'm just, no, exactly. Cause every single week is just going to be beating on me. I'm just going to go, you know, so Bill Connolly put out his pick for, for that game. He said 38 to seven and I can get down with that. Okay. At least you play at 12, so you can like breathe the rest of your day. I gotta wait till eight o'clock. Yeah, just be done. Be done with it. Man, those early games mm-hmm. are the best kind of games. Be done with yeah, it, and then you can you move on Alabama, the rest of your life. Yeah. So you play Alabama at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That that's there's nothing hey, about that. Down by the guy that we, played, we played Alabama in 2014 at eleven a.m. and lost fifty-nine to nothing. Like who are you guys talking to? I, I have lived that life. Thank you. We will come to you for a support. Make sure you do I will, I will I will comfort you in your time of need, having taken multiple ass beatings. But the bars are not Alabama. even open in, in LA when that my team is getting their asses whooped on television. The bar I can't even go walk into You're a bar. You're gonna have mimosas at Home. I'm gonna have to have mimosas. Game. Just go to a strip club and fall asleep there. I'm asking what I'm gonna have to do. Stay. Just stay overnight. <laughs> just go to the strip club. Wake up with my Texas shirt on. Like, ah, oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate everybody checking in for our most recent episode. I say most recent. That's dumb to say. Our episode starting off college football, the true week one. So, rate, subscribe, 
get on speak pipe, which is a really weird name for uh, voicemail, but leave us a voicemail. So use a VPN. Can, so, yeah, please use a VPN. We don't want you to get we, we need Norton the antivirus to give us an ass. Um, definitely leave us a voicemail on speak pipe. Follow us on Slender U. Interact with us. And we look forward to recapping week one next week. See ya. All right. See ya.